If you're anything like 7 out of 10 of all Americans, you struggle with wearing a mask while simultaneously eating. Well, now, thanks to Feed Mask, your problems are solved. Yep, that's right. The only CDC-approved face covering that will keep you snacking. The secret behind the Feed Mask is our specialized, semi-permeable eating pouch that allows air, but not solids or liquids, to pass through the poly-reinforced synthetic mesh. To prove how effective and easy to use the Feed Mask is, we're here at the Charlotte County Public Library to test out our product on real, hungry people. Here's someone now. Sir, sir, excuse me, but you look hungry. Well, what in the hell is that supposed to mean? I mean, I know I'm a little chunky. I got that quarantine 15, but, uh... Do you struggle to maintain a sufficient rate of snacking while responsibly wearing a CDC-approved face covering? Well, I usually just pull the mask down. <laughs> oh, there's no longer any need for that laborious and time-intensive process of temporarily removing a mask. Stop living in the past, sir. Here, try our new product, the Feed Mask. Uh, well, sure, I, I guess. Sir, can you breathe properly? Fantastic, excellent. Now, allow me to demonstrate how easy consumption of food can be while wearing our fabulous product. You simply unhook and remove the snack port, insert the loading tube, and begin to fill the bag from the specialized feed mask hopper, sold separately. Just raise the hopper above the level of the entry port and open the spout. No, no, I'm telling the truth. I can't breathe. When you have filled the mask to capacity, feel free to add whatever liquid softening agent you have at hand. Today, we're going to be adding some nice whole milk to complement the cocoa puffs, which our test subject is now enjoying. I can't breathe. Just pour it in here. Yeah. Ah, another satisfied customer. Feed masks for everyone who wants to eat. And cover your face. Welcome to the Aging Millennials Podcast. Welcome, everyone, to the Aging Millennials Podcast. Welcome to episode four. We're here today with you on a stormy Thursday afternoon in southwest Florida where it feels like an oven outside. Very, 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 very hot. Even as lifelong Floridians, we find a way at this time to always complain about the oppressive heat that never comes get in the used summertime. To it. Never get used to it. It's always it's that time of year that you go, you walk inside and you always have to go. God, it's so good hot. Good heavens! Yeah. It's not good for you to go in and out of heat and cold either. Yeah. Well, but we adapt. It's a way of life here in Florida. I often think about uh, evolutionarily how hard it must be for people like you and me for our bodies to acclimate to this environment, like. We, you know, people came out of Africa 
right? And they went to, in our case, Europe, right? Italy and Poland and England and stuff. And there they lived for like a really, really, really long time, like thousands and thousands and thousands of years. And then they invented, you know, airplanes and uh, trains and stuff. <laughs> I, and think then, the, <laughs> I, think, I think the ship was first. Right, but the yeah, ship, yeah. the uh-huh. steamship. Yeah. And now all of a sudden you're in the jungle. Yeah. This is literally the jungle. And our bodies are like, hey, uh, wait a minute. Like our sinuses are just exploding and the sun is baking our skins. We're like, dude, I'm from your northern europe like I, that's where i came for thousands of yeah, years yeah but i think we got a pretty like we have to thank our ancestors because like life sucked for them if you think about it they had to go through the struggle so now we can adapt easily right, right? well and thank god we have the creature comforts that make this bearable and like, if, you, if you think about it though like if you think about climate like there's literally like three places in the united states where it's like always nice right know? like southern california southern california Southern California. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. It's just Southern California. You have California. these places that are idyllic at certain times of the year. Like, for example, like Vermont. I've never been there, but Vermont. Sure. Yeah. Um, summertime. Gracious. Yeah. For summertime in Vermont with like, they're literally just like tap a hole into a tree and like maple syrup just comes flowing. <laughs> it. Like, it's just beautiful. And there's barns and covered, you know, bridges. And like, those I think that's stores. where they make those graham crackers. Those little, uh, you know, that little, like, uh, the Keebler. Elf? Yeah. The Keebler elves. Are you from, sure about that? Uh, maybe Wisconsin. I think I they're know. from Southern California. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, 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 but Florida is, um, it just started raining. I think you can hear it. Yeah. It's okay. Florida is, uh, one of those places that's, it's funny to me because like if you are from the north it's like oh it's summer finally it's gorgeous i can actually go outside it is literally not here the polar opposite in florida it's like the, oh my god it's beautiful unquestionably beautiful all winter and then you know august july late june it's just comes down upon you and it's oppressive and you literally can it's just as hard to go outside in florida in the summer as it is to go outside in the winter. <laughs> Some people would like to argue Except that. Except in Some the north, you can put a jacket that. on. In the south, you can't even put Some a jacket on. Some people would argue that. But but for, for me, I can think back to this summer now. It's that week where it's like it's, it's just like the winter where probably people go out there and it's like starts to snow. It's super cold. You're like, oh, it's here. Mm-hmm. Like it happens in Florida. You walk outside. And that first and All week, of a sudden, <laughs> your shirt is wet. And you're like, did I just go into a shower with all my clothes on <laughs> that, no that, it's just regular life that first week of the transition is like the worst it's tough because you walk outside it's like a blanket luckily though you. usually around that time we like there are some explosions it's like it's july 4th and like explosions help you know <laughs> like beer explosions hot dogs it's like it's it's hot but there's beer and explosions and hot dogs. <laughs> pretty there's something to look forward to there's right. something to look forward to yeah for sure i don't know florida can be cool in but the then summer. but then we get idyllic weather for six right. to seven months and it's absolutely but, perfect you know with so. idyllic weather comes all the crowds and stuff which yeah. is great when you're in business well, but then it's also it's like i always <laughs> tell people that it's sort of like what i like i'm in i'm in um tourism like retail and stuff i always tell people that it's sort of like farming you know like it's really hard like at harvest time like when everyone is here and it's nice out and it's just crazy busy it's like you know work 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 and then it's like summer and it's like well the seeds are in the ground the corn is coming up like i've have sprayed my pesticide now i just sit on my porch and chill but now it's hot outside but now it's horribly (laughs) hot outside right 
But you know, there everything's are, a trade off. You, you do get Every, used to it a little bit. Everything's know? a trade off. You know, it's it's human nature to seek out the perfect uh, environment. Like it's yeah. like it's like in our nature to be like, where's the weather? That's why like everyone retires in in beautiful places. I would say on the whole, um, you know, I, I feel sometimes optimistic, sometimes pessimistic about South Florida weather, but more often than not, I'm happy about it. Sure. I I, uh, I like living here for a couple different reasons. I kind of feel like through this COVID stuff, like mm-hmm. I've been really happy about living here just because i sort of feel like florida is sort of almost like frontier independent (laughs) you know (laughs) this part of florida right yeah florida is just kind of like listen we're good (laughs) you know what i mean like we don't like they don't like impose too many things on you they don't overstep their bounds as far as telling you what you should and shouldn't do and they just leave it up up to you. Yeah, but you have to. It's like a regional part of Florida because if you look at the other part, I mean, it's like in our well, region, yeah, Miami. In, in Charlotte and Sarasota County, it's been that way. But um, yeah, it's it's a uh, it's. I think we live in one of the most like let's say interesting, inter- interestingly like demographics wise. Like our well, our, uh, we live. I, you live in, in Sarasota. I live in Ponte yeah. and both of them are retirement communities to an extent. Sure. Punta Gorda is majorly a Definitely retirement, a retirement community. community. Sarasota is a retirement community, but it has an, a certain urban element. It has a beach. It has a really nice beach. Right. It has a nice beach, but it also has a certain culture of youth. It has like it does. hopping bars and nightclubs and stuff like that. I call like it like, like, uh, like a St. Petersburg Jr. You know, it's like uh, it's got an art scene. It's got an art scene. It's got a downtown. You know, it's got a downtown. I wouldn't say that. <laughs> wouldn't say that. <laughs> it doesn't work at all. I don't think it's. I think it's a more upscale. Yeah, true. It is. Yeah, yeah. For I sure. I mean, especially. I don't know if you've been down there lately, but and God bless him. I love St. Pete. Yeah. But you know, the last time I was there, you know, you're walking down the sidewalk with your wife, and you're looking at shops and stuff, and there's like kooky. There's like a, a kooky <laughs> like junky. It's like, like Greenwich, Greenwich Village in the 1970s type, right? Thing. Which is like yeah. you, but it's unfortunately you. It, that's it's hard to have an interesting, fun place that doesn't have a certain element. That's what I was saying. Like as I get older, I see this pattern in the in the USA, especially. It's like a city becomes cool, right? And then it's it has it like has a, a golden pocket. period. Yeah, that, <laughs> right. it's like the golden age of that city. Perfect examples like all Austin, the people rush there. Asheville, oh. yeah, yeah. Um, even even Nashville. Well, I've never been there, but yeah. Nashville. Now Nashville is a cool. Well, that's like a, a cool that's case a because Nashville was, as a, uh, and I'm not speaking from experience because I've never been there, but from what I've heard, Nashville from Brittany, my wife Brittany was there when she was younger, and mm-hmm. it's was a country. It's a music it's town. Still Everyone knows music that. It's a music It's the capital of country music. It's the country. It's the capital of country music. You know, they got the Grand Old Opry, the Ryman, all that stuff. But in recent years, Nashville has evolved from being a strictly country music place to hot being... Hot chicken. They can have hot chicken there, too. Do they? Like spicy... Yeah, like, that's their famous thing. Spicy Nashville fried chicken. hot chicken. Nashville, yeah. I went out for Father's Day with my father-in-law, and he gets the Nashville... At Bevo Brady's, he gets the Nashville wings, which is no sauce, <laughs> which I happen to take issue with, but that's neither here nor there. Sauce on your it's wing. a chicken wing, okay? Just Put a, some sauce Like on. a fried chicken wing? A, a, yeah, like a chicken wing with no sauce. Okay. With, quote, Nashville seasonings on it. Whatever that is. I'm not exactly sure. Whatever Na- whatever Nashville. Does he have a dipping sauce of any Nothing. Sort? Oh, no my dipping God. No, involved. that's just sacri- dry. That's, that's sacrilegious. It's a dry chicken wing. 
You got to have sauce with your wings, man. I'm a sauce. I get the extra sauce and I pour it on. It's all about the sauce. So, yeah. I've always that. wanted to be in a... Well, in, you were making a point about Nashville. You think it started off as a yo, country Yeah, it started off as a, as a country music place strictly. Uh-huh. You know, you go there and it, it is just... Like I said, the Grand Old Opry, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Then what happened is it just became more of a mecca for musicians, period. Now, as I understand it, Nashville is... It, it, I mean, obviously still has a backbone of country music, but it's it has expanded to include many more genres of music. It's more of just a music a town, music period, central, pop music as opposed to a country music town. It's, it's got to have a... It's definitely still got to be No, I mean, the Grand Ole Opry yeah. is still there. I see what you're saying. I think, we, we, I think the bigger point is like, okay, it's the human nature. It's, it's almost like music festivals and how those go, right? Because usually it's it's the new coolest thing right it comes out everyone wants to go to it but then it draws in plateaus it draws in like so it draws in the only the cool people that tell their friends who tell their friends and it just becomes like an inside thing well all um, of a sudden now people from all realms of life come and it it gets diluted well that sort of happens like with the jam scene like my my dad went to this music festival called the hangout in Gulf oh, Shores, Alabama. Thank you. Yeah, I've heard. Oh, it's on the water. That's it's on the, the it's on the beach, and it's not a tent festival. You get a condo or a hotel, a hotel room, yeah. and you walk down the beach, and it's a festival on the beach. It's like a spring break type feeling. Uh, yeah, you know. Right. But it started out uh, as like it was jam bands. You know, I'm I'm Freeze McGee, Mo, um, you know, Disco Biscuits, Widespread Panic, Widespread Panic, yeah, all right. these guys. And then he was he was like he went and discovered it and was like this is the greatest thing since sliced bread I'm going every single year this is amazing I love it, and then like two years later it was music that did not connect with him anymore like it was um, the weekend and I don't know if it was pop, more pop the music yeah you know pop music like yeah. um, Ed Sheeran uh, yeah stuff like that <laughs> <laughs> you know. Adios, don't stand. Come a little bit closer, baby. Roses really smell like ooh. That, oh, that, out, that, outcast. Outcast. Yeah, that's it. I, I couldn't think. Of, I couldn't think of the name. But yeah, it was outcast, and it was like it's poppy. Yeah, yeah. Where for me, um, if I'm gonna go to a music festival, I'm I'm a jam guy to the core. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm a I'm a deadhead. You if need I'm gonna instruments. Go to a, you I'm need gonna go instruments. To a, a rock a, a festival. I want to go to like the lock-in festival. Right. That's just like. Hippies in the woods spinning around, right? And uh, you know, Acoustic and stuff. guitars. I have no interest in yeah. Bonnaroo. I don't. I don't want to go to the, um, you know, crazy tent, a, a two a.m. tent. Or but a, but a, a place like Bonnaroo has a million shows too. I mean, it's. Just I mean, so I'm, don't many get things. me wrong. I would go. There's to Bonnaroo. something at Bonnaroo you for would sure. Like, I'm right. just saying. I before I would go to Bonnaroo, I would go to something like Lock In. Yeah. I think now we're getting to the like. Trust me, I, we both had our experiences at music festivals. I'm getting to the place now of finding a like the single events that I like again. You know, like the instead of going just to, a standalone concert. Instead of going to the big blowout events, which have their place, but I'm talking about yeah, like smaller, intimate concerts, like right. where you really connect with the musician on the stage. Yeah, there's there's it's hard to really get anything from standing behind like. 30,000 people and just seeing this little speck in this crazy right, which has always been your thing and I was like I'm always the guy sitting on the outer ring you're like dude you gotta get up at the front of the stage man that's how you feel the music and now I'm yeah, actually man, seeing you're right kid, you're you know? right man you're right a lot of it has to do with physical limitations as well yeah. I mean, when, I, when I was a kid I would just elbow my way to the front and I'd get a bloody lip and I would just like part you know what I mean I would mosh pits and I would didn't well, have to go to the bathroom all exactly. the time. that's what I was gonna say is like <laughs> you know? now as you get older now you realize like, 
All is all, there is there a craft beer tent? All <laughs> all big events are once you once you pass thirty, all big events are managing every time you have to pee. So right. you're like, all right, I've got thirty minutes until I get to the red zone of having to pee. And Can this I- is why we call this podcast the Aging Morning <laughs> Podcast because we're not Gen Z. Doesn't have to pee every five minutes, dude. If it gets worse, it's gonna be like when I'm like sixty. It's gonna be like every five minutes. I'm gonna be like, Where, where's the but bathroom? But the key is to amass wealth <laughs> by the time you're 60 so that you can go to the lock-in <laughs> festival and just get the ultimate vip experience with the the tent with the nice bathrooms with the air conditioning so you're always five minutes area. from a bathroom you're always five minutes from a bathroom you're never in a rush your own private right uh, situation just enjoy yourself yeah yeah for sure i mean who knows when music festival is going to start back up again but the thing that we've always we talked about this it's like there's a there's a wide opening and there has been for a while for you know pop music is now just so dominant you know it's just it's what dominates the airwaves but well I'm just so I'm just so out of touch with yeah. them just, to, just so disconnected from it yeah well I think I still have hope for the next great rock and roll what band. I what I always wonder is where is our Bob Dylan yeah like where is that guy they keep trotting these guys out that like um jacob bug i think his name you remember jake this? bug yeah jake he's, bug, he's like, the guy from was, uh, I the uk i was he's... like right i was like oh sweet like there's a new bob dylan but it, it, it didn't wasn't last. the new bob dylan like, didn't last there's there's no there are no like there's no david bowie's there are like there are no prolific mm. songwriters around that i know of. they just don't get like i know they're out there but they're not they just don't make the main airwaves anymore it just but doesn't I think happen some like of the that. problem is they they're getting st- so pigeonholed so quick like if a guy comes out and he happens to be a good lyricist and he can carry a good melody and his stuff is a little bit country then he gets shunted into that country world and now he's a country artist and now he's more influenced by country and everything he comes out with his country in the same way like post malone right maybe post malone would is this like really talented lyricist and melodist and then (laughs) he's like oh he's got uh, tattoos all over his face and uh he's, no wait, he's no, no po- wait let's stay on post malone because he's a good example right he's like the biggest guy right now in a lot of ways mm. he's he no i'm saying like he's at rock star status oh yeah no post malone is like your led zeppelin level and from the i actually at first I, I i heard him at first couple times i thought oh yeah he's got a couple catchy like for 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 pop rappy songs like catchy sounding and then i saw him on stage and he was playing the guitar and i'm like yeah, oh pretty, right yeah, can do it. but this is what like look he just came out uh i saw in an article you know he's got tattoos all Dude, over his face totally covered <laughs> and he just tattoos. shaved his head and put a tattoo all over his head so at this point it's just like the guy is just like uh putting tattoos well, it's like lil wayne you're just kind of that's your thing but i'm saying we're reaching the peak of outrageousness like well like that six nine guy you can't how much further can you possibly you, go you cannot take it any further right you can, so that's it. We've reached the peak. But if of you look at like Bob Dylan, you know the the times they are changing, whatever yeah, all that yeah, stuff. Sure. That was um, pretty extreme for that period of time. That was like edgy, counterculture. Yeah, that was kind of like uh, no, the times are changing. You know, people are uh, rising up and whatever. Yeah, our, yeah. our philosophy on life is changing now. It's like. We have just kept pushing the envelope well, to the point that it's pushed all the way. Like, where well, do we well, go? Remember, remember back at, back when Bob Dylan was the biggest in the '60s, right? 
was well uh, not really right yeah it was, it was 60s because, 70s 80s but his like golden era was 60s 70s let's call it that mm, i would say 70s okay 70s either way there was a more unified let's say like voice for the counterculture now there's a million voices that are like hey this is the most important thing hey this is the most important thing there's remember it was like because the problem back, is back, it's back like been days, achieved you know back in those days it was anti-war anti uh you know established yeah, now we all pretty much agree like yeah that stuff sucks. Yeah, yeah we don't we don't want war yeah so it's just too there there's too many opposing voices now now it's just like everyone has uh has a, I, has a I wanna i want to talk about the this the black lives matter slogan okay why is black lives matter the slogan that that we're all marching under because it would seem to me that i mean the vast 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 majority of people agree that obviously black lives matter mm. as much as any other life like why aren't we uniting under a, a, a more specific change slogan like yes of course black lives matter like yeah. what do you you're 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 marching and you're holding up signs for like a few like really extremely racist people like there's i really don't think one in a thousand people think that black lives don't matter well i think it's more at the you have to think of it the root of these things have been happening to black people like uh the the someone dies under police custody or there's uh something wrong in the black community and nobody's listening and it never changes, and it's the constantly the same thing in the same community. So it's trying to say, but we, you, I mean, we are say, li- we are listening, yeah, right. I mean, we're we're listening very much. It's just that it's just that horrible things are happening right now. I mean, pe- people are getting sprayed with bullets at concerts, you know, from a guy in a hotel room in Las Vegas. Like this is like horrible things. Keep so happening. I, I saw a good. I heard a good analogy for this. Was like uh, think of it like two houses, right? And it's like, okay, you have your house, but this other house is like on fire, you know, okay. and things are happening to it. You can say, you know, uh, the fire department comes and is like, hey, why is that house getting attention? You know, my, my house matters too. And you go, well, your house isn't on fire. So like, of course, every house matters, but this house matters more. Because right, but the, it but, needs but the, it. But, it need, but the firemen were saying, already going to come to the burning house. It's basically saying the... Black community needs more attention. Okay, so let's say that. Yeah. <laughs> so, right? Because it's too polarizing. You right, think, like to Black say Lives Matter is saying to everyone, you don't think Black Lives Matter. I'm, a, I'm against yeah. you not thinking that Black Lives Matter when a lot of the people who are watching the protests are saying, like, we think, we think Black yeah. Lives Matter. What, what do you want? to specifically change march under a banner of specificity you know at the root at the root of it i agree with you but then it's then it becomes this like such a basic it's it's always in this someone goes well all lives matter and then they go well no black lives matter and then it just gets lost in the thing it's like when when the the nfl uh knee taking thing happened and Mm -hmm. then like colin kaepernick was like i'm taking a knee over over racial inequality Mm. okay yeah Okay, you have you you have our attention. Mm-hmm. What do you want? <laughs> like, what change do you want to happen? 
They want some type of like. Do you want us to take all the Confederate statues away? Like that, that's a okay. Yeah, that, then that was say part that, of that specifically. Was part, okay. Don't just have guys like just tear them down. Say we want them to like. What do you want exactly to well, be changed? Well, let's look at our government. I mean, how many black representatives are there in Congress in the House of Representatives? There's some. I, mean, I know there's some. To be some. There's some. But I'm saying the represent the I'm representation. Is, they're they're asking for. A different form, right? But that's not something. Policing. That's not something that we can say. Oh, that's that's a problem. So, um, you, let's. Where's the African American community? Okay, you, you, and you. You're now senators. To become a senator, you have to get, go to the meetings and like yeah. try and become a senator. It's not like. It's not like. They're it, looking for. They're looking for some legislative change that affects the way their communities are, right, po- but, are policed. But what? But what? Well, that look out of this last one. They're looking for uh, standards in the way that police are, when there's an incident like what happened with George Floyd, that there's some type of body that that immediately jumps in and um, has like a process for these for these cops so that they don't immediately like get off. So almost like an internal affairs department specializing in um, minority injuries. Under police, in, pol- yes. in police custody, right. right? So a review board, let's call it like right. that, like a review board, right? If you will, also a change in like the police handbook for a lot of these these uh, stations around the uh, around the country of like why does it do they have to do certain things in certain situations like when it seems unnecessary to most people in the country, you know, like why why when a guy is handcuffed and uh. uh and on his stomach, the, well, does don't. the need need to be there on is the no neck? Need there. Why do we need chokeholds? And I know certain situations probably call for chokeholds, but why in cer- certain situations is the first uh, aggressive move in in order to take a, a human being down? Is there's always this like shoot first mentality? This the, and it's it's creating this tension between the, the civilization and the cops. It's not good. It's not just black people too. White people have had the same things happen too. It just obviously it's happened on a more visible level on, uh, in the black community. It's uh, it's just been and well, look, this all goes back to how black people have been treated for a long time. This is not just what's been happening in the last year. This goes back to civil rights. This goes back to all the way back. I just to like Jim when Crow. when Jim when Crow, the civil slavery, rights everything stuff happened in the '60s and people riding on buses and stuff. It was like, well, you're literally not serving people food <laughs> at, at a lunch counter like we think this specifically is not cool and is wrong but to but to to march and say like um black people are getting killed in confrontations with police it the each situation is so specific to that yeah, spe- yeah. situation it's hard to like get on the get on the bus or whatever because it's like I, there's nothing specifically that I can see and that's broad enough to fight against. You know, I get what you're saying in that. I think that the, the movement, if we'll call it that, is lacking an organized voice. You know, that they're really... Like, remember, in the, in the 60s and 70s, they had Martin Luther King. They had uh, uh, Malcolm X, even. They had, all the, they had voices in that movement in order to verbalize, this is what we want. Right. Right now... It's still, I mean, it seems to be somewhat, I mean, there's still obviously protest things going on, but we, there's not like a leader. There's not someone stepping up and saying, this is the concrete thing. I mean, if you look, I mean, on the NAACP site, they have these lists of things that they want. Like the NAACP came out with these eight things they want for, to change around the whole country for all police 
uh, uh, you know, the way they police communities. So they, there has been people putting it into concrete things, uh, which we can argue about and say what's good and what works and what doesn't. But all I'm saying is on a, it, it, we can't always rely on the president, uh, no matter who it is, to always verbalize all these things. We can't always we need we need better congressmen. We need better like people. Right. But my point is. We at a certain point, we have to stop yelling about we need better leadership. We need better and elect congressmen. Them. No. And be them. Be OK. Yeah. Yeah. You're you know right. What I'm saying? I mean, it's like saying. It's like being infuriated because um, nobody's making a good baseball bat. Yeah. Then somebody, you need to go and make a good baseball bat. Like well, you're saying. basically saying millennials have to get off their right. butt millennials, and start Gen participating in the government. And, and it's not fun. <laughs> <laughs> Political um, party meetings are not fun. They're boring and grating. And the only people that end up getting to the end of that road are the people who sit through unpleasant grading boring meetings <laughs> and they're the ones who end up making the policy decisions and it's like that's just how it works there's no way to change that you also need to be backed i mean depending on what level of government you're trying to get into you need to have money there needs to be money there, that's the only way to win but i honestly believe that that the money is there for people who are involved enough in the process you need to start somewhere is what you're saying you've got to you start somewhere if, in whatever community you're in yeah if you go on Facebook and you look up um, the, you know, Punagorda uh, Republican yeah. organization, they have a meeting every Tuesday, every second Tuesday at the Cultural Center. Yeah, you have to not go do something fun and put on nice clothes, or not put on nice clothes, and go to that meeting and participate in it and have the discourse and put in the time and involve yourself in government a hundred percent dude i totally am behind what you're saying it's like got to stop waiting for the world to change right exactly stop waiting like that and that's, i love john Mayer. it's a john Mayer song. but when that song came out my mom hated it he said god millennials never just waiting for the world to change it's just she's like well, such a lame because song. i mean that song is like hey listen we're powerless we right we, we there's nothing we can do to change things we're just waiting for all these boomers to be gone so that we our voice can be heard and it's like i hate to tell you when all the boomers are gone the people's voices who are going to be heard are the frat guys that <laughs> gone out of college and started going to political meetings and have involved themselves in the process and sure. and got to the end of that road the only way to fix perceived wrongs in our society is to become involved in the political process. Understood. Understood. But then let's let's see what about like on a local level? You have to go to local like well, that's where board, it starts. board meetings and like you have to go to party. You have to pick a party and you have to go to the party meetings. And the party will embrace you and and groom you and I think that's half the battle right there because the a lot of people I think more People than not struggle to identify with one party or the other. Hmm. Yeah, but also, it's kind of, uh, it's kind of yeah, isn't yeah. like if you're like like you know, it's appropriate I would think for ninety percent of people who are involved in the Black Lives Matter movement to be involved in the Democratic Party. Well, sure, sure, but but this is the, I think what we're getting to the root of what the issue is is that ever since. Uh, whatever to the 2016 election even before that there's a, a sense of apathy amongst the millennials of that we don't like 
any of the can and they always think this so is we're just checking out instead of you should be doing out. the opposite of that i hear you dude I hear you, dude. And and here's what we also need to stop doing is that we put so much attention and energy into the presidential election. Yeah, the state and locals are the ones that make a lot of difference. It's, and and our Congress and House of Representatives. So, yeah, it's I just, think the message, a lot of, the message out there is to get involved if you really want to see like change. The, it's sort of like the cancel culture. And President, former President Obama said it. In the, in the exact same terms, he said, you know, you can go and you can be mad and you can go on the Internet and be mad yeah. as much as you want and then sit back and turn the TV on and say, boy, I did a good job. Right. You got to go that, out that there. Com- that comment really got that guy. Right. Yeah. You know, like you have to go out there and actually put in the work and the time. Do you know how many people have gotten into intense political arguments with? And at the end of that argument, they're like, yeah, I didn't even vote. <laughs> And you go, oh my gosh. Well, it's kind of hard though. Honestly, you can't blame people. And who can you, you, and when you don't like either person. vote third party. I don't know. Do something. Vote, dude. People died for that. You know, it's like, it's our, it's, it's worth it. You know, I voted, I voted all the way from China. That was a funny experience. Wow. I had the ballot mailed to me at my school and it was like, like the Chinese principal brought me my ballot and he's like, (laughs) because <laughs> they don't vote yeah he's like oh man he's like you get wait to... a minute they don't vote at all in china no, at all dude it's a communist country dude they don't even have like a you know false front vote yeah there's they have some like so they have provinces there right and they have like uh these these sort of like provincial they wouldn't even call them elections but so like, they have something Trust they me, go and cast their vote. Every, everything in China is a rigged game, dude. Everything under a communist is a rigged game. There's no such thing as like, there's always a veil of the, the party. There is, so think about it. We have the Democratic Party, the Republican Party. They, they have, only have they the have one. They have the party. <laughs> there, is no, there is no diversification. It's troubling, certainly. <laughs> it's, tr- <laughs> it's troubling. I'm not sure the two-party system is ideal, but uh, it's certainly better funny, than the one-party system. This is a funny topic. This is a funny topic, I think, because I remember... Yeah, you, you were supportive of everything. But I remember I told you you were going to China, and you're like, "Really? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you going to what, China, why? dude? Like, like, what's wrong with you?" And I always thought it'd be funny. It's like, this is like probably the most like the country you would never want to go to. It's like you hate public bathrooms. You, oh yeah, no, I get you're not really China. you're not really into Asian food that much. Like I read, uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, if, um, <laughs> I read an account of somebody who is in China and they said that when you're in the restaurants, like folks just will hawk a loogie on the yes. floor in the middle of the restaurant. Yes. <laughs> I cannot handle that. Dude, people are chain smoking cigarettes. David, uh, David Sedaris is a, is a people, humor people, humorist. People mm. are chain smoking cigarettes, burping. I just, like, I can't handle there, it. There's no boundaries. There's no boundaries at all. I cannot handle it. But there is one. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it's it seems odd to me. Like, as I've never been there, but as far as I can tell, Japan is like one of the most clean, pristine <laughs> countries on the planet. Like Japan is like you could eat off a toilet seat in Japan. And then you hop across. I don't know. Where Japan. Like, have you ever been to Japan? I have not. Japan. <laughs> have you ever been to Japan? I've, I have not. I've not been to Japan, but I have heard that it is immaculately clean. Would you watch like 
no reservations japan or something you know you know everything that i've seen from youtube travel personalities to whatever you know television shows whatever japan seems to be a very clean place i mean they have bathhouses in japan where you can't even go in them if you even have any tattoos oh like japan is like super duper like uh conservative and like Japan. I always like, love to know where you're getting these. But I just love it. it's like like you watch like a, I guess I guess whether you're allowed in somewhere with tattoos has no watch, bearing on the you cleanliness. You like of that animes place. or something. <laughs> you watch a few. No, you know what it is. I'm pretty karate into, movies. I'll tell you like, what it is. I'm pretty into uh, like vloggers, oh, YouTube yeah. vloggers. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And some because some of them are are travel vloggers, and I like to watch them because I like to edit and make films as amateurish as they turn out to be i like to aspire to what these guys are creating that's cool stuff i i have a cousin who's been living in japan for like 20 years and he's like now he's like a japan he's like speaks japanese and he's it's like uh he's like a expert on their uh the liquor that they drink there what's that sake yeah well another stuff too they have like a bunch of liquors they drink in japan and he's like a he does these uh reviews and I don't know. I just I hear that Japan is a very very pleasant place to so go. So you'd rather go to Japan than China? <laughs> oh, dude, hundred Japan times. and China are on complete opposite ends yeah, of the spectrum. I know, spectrum. John. I know. I lived there. I lived in China. But it's just funny that that <laughs> they're both. I mean, you know, not they, to generalize, but they both seem to be this sort of this. I mean, they're both look sort of similar. I mean, like of Asian, if, you, of if Asian there was descent. an Asian guy and a Chinese guy, I don't think I could tell the difference. So you them. think we have like a rivalry with let's say even china or russia you have not seen or like an intense uh, hatred like between the chinese and the japanese that's what i'm saying that's so they, odd well there is such and um, amongst the asian even like korea and and japan but mostly between japan and china and i remember i was there uh it it, it all goes back to uh nanjing in the world war Two. So there was a well, yeah. Japan there was a big Japan was taking China. over the world, yeah. Right. So Japan, some, Japan reportedly did some horrible, horrible, horrible things, things in China. So they China. still have this like grudge against them for that. But uh, it's funny how these grudges can go down through generations. <laughs> well, that's the other thing with Japan. It's a very like family-oriented society. Like most families live so together China. and have you know multiple generations. So they remember that stuff because All they right. live with their grandparents and their great grandparents, and they pass down. The stories of the horrific events that happened. And if you, you just realize it, it as it's just it's a race for superiority, you know, it's it's, it's a constant battle to see who's better. And plus, remember, uh, Japan got a lot of help from the United States and their economy like exploded, like they're building cars and electronics and mm-hmm. making a million. Like, at one point, Japan had one of the best economies in the world. But it's one of those things where if you get a piece of electronic equipment that was made in Japan makes some premium electronic equipment. Some of the best electronic equipment in the world comes from Japan. Mm. Sony and Samsung, Samsung, all that, all that great stuff comes from Japan. And China is known for making, you know, the cheapest, well, low they're, quality. They're, well, they're, see, that's the thing. No, I'm not trying. You know, it's no offense. It's just that's kind of how it how it is. You know, if you get something, they're that's known comes for out of making China. something the cheapest way. Right. And they have the cheapest labor force, or they did. I don't know anymore, but they had the cheapest labor force in the world. So now, yeah. And I mean, they don't have the ecological restrictions. They are, they can do every. They can basically 
do anything they want to do. Dude, there's always a price to pay. I'm telling you, when I was there, and that was in 2000, what was it, 12 or whatever was around there, it is a dirty country. Oh, I'm sure. I'm talking polluted air. I'm talking uh, like the big, dirty coal burning. You know, it's like that kind of thing. And I wonder if that's just if that's where they're at in their industrial revolution. Well, they had to catch up. They had to catch up. But do you think China is on the path to overcome that, or do you think that's just sort of their call? Like America was like that in the '70s, right? Like we just poured garbage into all our streams and like just vomited out horrible things yeah, into yeah, the yeah. air and then we were like oh whoa 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 like wait a minute they're stop. at that phase right now like, are so, they gonna do that yes because you know why i think on a human level like people revolt when the environment gets so crappy you can't even live in it yeah anymore. but in a in a in a yeah but communist remember, no country? matter no matter how communist you are and especially a country like china there's more people not in the party than there is in the party in terms of like put it this way when you have 1.3 or whatever it is, one and a half billion people. Like the tide can turn very quickly. You know what I mean? But not when you suppress right all it, it media. Takes a, it takes it takes a when you have no no have a free internet. I mean the internet, man. People get the, around that, look but at yeah. What is going on in our country is is fueled by what is possible because of the communication that we have through the internet right if we didn't have twitter and facebook and instagram and all that stuff we would not have been able to um organize such as we have in the yeah. last few months in china they see the sp- a spark of revolution they take and it they out. put it right out put immediately. It out. yeah yeah no doubt it and, and once once like the communist reigns take hold a revolution is hard like it's not easy to take over a country like just like it's not easy for communism to take over, you know, it was like a, it was a huge battle in China for years and years and years and years before. I mean, it was it was a civil war pretty much before the communists took over. So, yeah, but they then. were taking over from a, a, an empirical system. Right? Yeah, so it had a little bit more of a. I mean, of it's a, not like they took over from a democracy. Do you think that somewhere down the road China will be a democracy, or do you believe that the communist party will rule for a long I think, time? I think because it's a it's mostly a singular race mm-hmm. it's easier for a authoritarian government to play, to take hold and for everyone to because right. yeah, they're like sense. we're all on the like same page they're not worried about different people being represented it's because about there's only one person China. and this is what we do and we this are is all we chinese and we trust as long as the people trust that the government is doing the best thing for China in general. And remember, a lot of people in China have saw their lives improve over the last 30, 40 years. They went from working like hor- like especially in rural. Hor- remember, rural horrible China. poverty to now they're like have malls and cars and, and apartment complexes and stuff. They they have extra money to go buy the thing. You know, it's like you know. It's, so people are. But what's funny about that is that I believe a lot of that happened as a result of america buying cheap sure. chinese goods it was just it was like rapid industrialization right. and and that that that's a double short I, I hate when people always blame china right because it's like of course remember it's also the companies here that sold us all of us out you to can't go. blame china for it and you yeah. can't you can't and, blame saying, anyone for it it's, well, no, it's you can blame a couple well you, can, you, well you can blame a couple people for it. you can blame of course the corporation the corporations are going to build the thing the cheapest to make the most profit n- number one right and the consumer is always looking to buy the cheapest thing he mm-hmm. can right 
So, I mean, it's a double-edged sword. If we, if we learned how to be less of a commodity culture, right? Perhaps uh, we would only buy, say, for example, we, if, if we had an American uh, company making, let's just say stereos, right? And that stereo was three times as expensive as the one you could buy in China, but better made, maybe you'd take care of that stereo a little better and maybe you would only buy one stereo every few years. And that would be better for the earth. It'd be better. Ultimately where it gets messy is you can say, uh, we can't count on people to do that because they won't. People will not generally buy the more expensive stereo and take care of it. So what happens is you get government intervention and tariffs and the government says, you can't keep buying this cheap stereo from China. I'm going to put tariffs on it and it's going to become more expensive to the point that you might as well buy an expensive American one and take care of it. But now you've raised an interesting ethical quandary because it's a capitalist society. Right. It's a free country. Sure. And we're a global country. And to say you can't buy it from that person because it's cheap and because your money won't stay in this country and so on and so forth. That right there is the hallmark of what a, a communist country would do. I mean, ultimately, communism is more government control. Sure. Capitalism is less government control. So ironically, when capitalists start imposing rules on their economy, to keep it capitalist, they are becoming more communist. It's so right. I think what we've what we've nailed down here is, I mean, there is no perfect form. Right. It's a messy world. <laughs> it's a messy. It's, there, we've screwed up every single method. You know, <laughs> we've now, tried everything. So, like, we're all looking at each other, like, okay, let's let's try a little bit of socialism uh -huh, with a little bit of right, capitalism. Right. You know, it's like a little. And then Bernie Sanders comes walking out. <laughs> it's like a. It's like a half the people groan and half the people erupt in cheers. It's like a buffet of failure. <laughs> right. Let's just uh, pick the thing that sucks the least. But ultimately, that's how you learn and grow. Yeah, except now it just takes decades to learn, you know. Well, it's taking less and less time Yeah, as time goes on. Yeah, yeah. It used to take a long time. Every, I, you have to look at everything in shades of gray. I mean, nothing's perfect. Um, you have to have gratitude. I, I, I'm sure everybody has something to be grateful for about. And as, as we approach uh, Independence Day here, uh, you know, there's a lot to be grateful for for being an American citizen. You know, and there's, there's a lot to be troubled about as well. A lot to be troubled about, exactly. <laughs> it's not a perfect. It's a, this is going to be thing. a funny Fourth of July because it's it really be. is. I mean, I remember not too many years ago, I was at my folks' house and the fireworks are going off, and yeah. you can hear everyone in the neighborhood singing America. Whatever. Like, I do not believe that we have that esprit de corps at this point. Like, I think. Well, you're going to see a polarization this time. You're no, you're going to see, you're going to see the, people the, the doing Trump that. Trump flag now, yeah. <laughs> just going crazy about America. You're, you're going to see the guy in the red, <laughs> red, white, and blue suit with the red, white, and blue makeup who's like, just going bananas. Oh, the guy with the saying. great big beard with the on the boat with the Trump flag. And then you're going to see protesters, and that's mm. could there could there be anything more American? But can American we just celebrate that? that we're even at at this point? Like, isn't that something that like we shouldn't? I mean, especially we're speaking about China, like. The Tiananmen Square guy that stood in front of the yeah. tank. Like, that's us right now. Yeah. Like, we're just like, right or wrong, we're fighting tooth and nail about something. We're out. We're being loud. We're... So, and that's what I was going to say to sort of uh, sum this up in a, uh, in the, 
in a way that I think people can relate to is that is the great American experiment. And, and more than just capitalism, more than just anything, it's throwing all the, the races, all the sex of life into one area and saying... And all the ideologies. And saying, and saying it's, it's not... We have, a, we have a constitution, but it's, it's a living document. It, it's changing. And that it, we've literally put the evolution uh, experiment to test and saying evolve or, or ch you know, change or die. You know? And as far as we were speaking earlier about getting involved in the political process... Yeah, there is absolutely nothing stopping you from saying I am a communist <laughs> and I am going to go and run for office and be involved in the American political process. Dude, you get beat up. So you would bad. not get beat yeah, up. Yeah, you would. It's not against the law, dude. Someone would find you. America and beat, in America, would, someone America would find you and beat is, you up. Would be. I mean, we're we're not ideologically accepting of communism so wait a second wait a no second. one is going go to be run out on a rail over uh, it. dude go back to the 1950s mccarthyism you well that was the 1950s you, you we're not in the 1950s you literally anymore. just had to call someone a communist and he got like ostracized from society well all you have to do now is say that you inappropriately touched somebody we've communism we're still that's a dirty word that's a hard that's thing. a dirty word right now and but the thing is even socialism is a dirty word you know, people can't even say that out loud. And look, but socialism is is I mean, very, very, very close to communism, and we have open and open socialism, socialism. more loosely defined. Communism is way the more. United Socialist Soviet Republic or the United Soviet Socialist Republic. I do we do socialists? Well, there are a bit humongous socialistic that, that par the, parts of our society. That is the definition of a, a communist country was the USSR, mm. and that was in the name. It's in the name of the title. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Look, the whole idea is that so pure socialism turns into communism inevitably. That's the whole idea. That's Marxist thought. Marxist thought is that. So, but they're not one. What the, is the, the difference whole, the between whole, socialism whole, and communism? The whole Marxist uh, uh, cycle, the ideology, is that a capitalist society will eventually become so unequal that a revolution a revolution is inevitable, and that socialism will come out of that. And that eventually what happens to socialism is all the power is then uh, isolated into one party, which then becomes the author authoritarian government that it becomes communism. What? So the difference between socialism and communism is that there are no challengers. I think in socialism, there's a there's there's more. Yeah, there's there's ability for outside voices to still change things. And I think that there's like so like communism more than one party is, or whatever. is socialism that has been cured and dried. Yeah, socialism is is uh, communism is is when socialism becomes centralized. Like it's now there's one acting arm of the government. There is no dissension. There is no room, and there is no room like in a. In a so it's, it's galvanized socialism. I think yeah, and I think in a, in socialism there's more like more room for separate voices. You know, anyways, we can get into the brass tacks of it, but we have socialistic parts of our government right now. You know. Do you think that Joe Biden sexually assaulted that woman? No. Uh, I, do I think Joe Biden is a little creepy sometimes? For sure. 
Do I think yeah. he does creepy things? Like he, I've seen him. There's so many clips with out the there. kissing and the close, uncomfortable. Touching. And he has that old school. He has that old school. But like, a lot of a lot of older guys. Yeah, are, he have has that, that old school mad mad men type of vibe of like, you know, like he's from a different era. Like he would call your wife sweetheart, right? And or or you know he he's a he's a little touchy feely when he shouldn't be. But did he actually penetrate a woman <laughs> against her will? No, no, nobody but those two. No, nobody but Joe Biden and that woman know for sure. You know what I mean? I just feel like it, it's so. We can only so take hard, them at their word, you know. But it just it waters down. It's like crying. It's like the the boy who cried wolf type thing. Like yeah. there are women who are being really assaulted, and it's like I don't know whether that happened or whether it didn't. Yeah. But I think in this um, environment that we're in, there are false accusations flying about Look, whenever it happens in politics there's an extra layer of of right you really have oh to, yeah you know and, but but because there's so much at stake for politicians that it's impossible to it's know the hard when when it seems sometimes that lies are just the the new normal yeah it used to be a big deal if there was a lie yeah now it's like you just take it for granted that every politician we're, lies we're living living everything. in a constant scandal all right. the time you have everything you see on the internet everything that you hear i mean you can't even believe they're they're deep faking videos of people now you but, can't even believe but look, because well, well look we the thing is we have so much coverage when, when you look back like we have these idyllic views of some politicians of the past and not universally loved, but even if you look at someone like John F. Kennedy. John F. Kennedy's a perfect example. <laughs> he's like, we look back at him and he's like, wow, that guy was so pure and he had made the best speeches, but he probably did some creepy things in his life. It's possible, but he just wasn't covered. A lot of the stuff, covered. a lot like, of the stuff that stains our heroes is sexual. Sure. And we, that's just odd. We need, to, humans, we need you know? to stop looking at human beings as these pure things right we, you we can't are expect compi- someone to be a perfect human no. being that doesn't exist no and if it and if someone looks like a perfect human being something's wrong probably something he is did wrong. something weird he did something. i mean that that mike pence seems like he's pretty i don't see i mean he seems like a you know pretty midwestern like i don't think that what could that guy possibly what is his vice <laughs> you know what I mean? Like everybody has a has a release. He seems valve. like he seems like maybe he's like he could be like a cross dresser. That type Yo, of thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, definitely. He puts definitely. on he puts on pants. Well, he puts on mother's goes, heels and stuff. Oh, definitely. You look so pretty, Mike. You look so so pretty. But that's fairly innocent. You know, no. Yeah, yeah. His wife probably probably parades around in the house and closes all the blinds and stuff. No harm, no foul. I wouldn't be bad at him for cross dressing. Absolutely not. And that's that's my point. Like if it came out, like if. That he's a that he does that in the privacy of his own home. <laughs> there are so many people who would be just absolutely furious, sure. over the moon, crazy. The world would explode if that happened. Right. Like, that right there is the problem. <laughs> like, the why would that even be a problem? Whose business is that? Like, we're too involved in people's personal business. Well, look, the truth is, especially in American society, you'll see this abroad and and in Europe, they think we're so uptight. Because we're isn't we're, that funny? We're so uptight about sex, like our sex, like we think, look, we have right. Sex. We think we're so our, so free. Our 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 advertisements, our music, we're blasted with sexual images in America, everywhere. The scantily clad woman, the but you, you know, know what it is? But, I think but we have it, commercialized sex to a larger degree than Europe has. Yeah, like our beer commercials. 
like in in Europe, I don't think they they have like the Super Bowl is a perfect example. Yeah. Like man, watch the Super Bowl halftime show any given year, except when Prince did it, and I guess that was kind of sexual. Too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's just like it's we have commodified sex. We still have this sort of Judeo-Christian background of of this this forbidden fruit like sexual desire in Amer- in 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 America now is under review like it's sort of like the way we desire each other and the way we pursue each other it's under the microscope and that's uncomfortable for a it lot is. of people that's and, and what happens is it's it's like a nuclear reaction i mean you keep it when you keep it um under such tight scrutiny it gets more depraved you yeah, know what I mean? True. Like it, it gets, festers. Right. I whatever. see what you're saying. There needs to be a broader conversation about that. But in defense of women, they were like, listen, guys, we need to put some rules on the game oh, here. Oh, sure. <laughs> was getting out of control there for a minute. You know? But then it's like, yes, You guys were just doing whatever you wanted all the time or trying to, you know? But I, I mean, was it, getting, was it getting better on its own anyway or not? Like, I kind of feel like like the the perception of like your madman type character mm. was like yeah in the 60s like like for example the other day i was watching a james bond an old james bond movie and he and he slaps money penny's ass <laughs> and she's the secretary and she's uh you know whatever the boss is m or i don't know what the boss is and what's the the, the boss guy in james bond you know not q q is the guy that invents stuff and uh, then there's goldfinger no the the head of mi6 whatever James Bond goes to the head of MI6's office and money. Walter, Penny. it's a it's a uh, an initial. P. No, I think it's M. M. Okay, M. And he slaps her ass, and it's like <laughs> the most. It's it's portrayed as this wildly charming move. Well, right. Like there you go, money, Penny, and it's like that was in the I don't know. I guess it was in the sixties. Yeah. But like before the Me Too movement started really gaining steam. We all knew that that wasn't cool anymore, <laughs> yeah. didn't didn't we? Like, I mean, did, not all of us. Not no no way in hell. People were doing that all the time, probably. I don't know. I feel like the the cultural the culture of the '90s and the 2000s and the 2010s look like we, had much more respect for we, women. You have to remember. I think that we're. I can say for both of us that you mean we're guys, no doubt. But we're we're good guys, and I don't think we've associated with a lot of people who do things like that. I mean, we we live in a. Well, it's we're a not around. We're not around. We would never kind of dream thing. of doing something like that. But right. we would never have dreamed of doing that before the Me Too movement started. Mm. I'm not mm. saying the Me Too movement shouldn't have happened. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that it was already happening without ha- having to have had this new culture of blaming of of maybe making stuff up and then. And then watering down real problems. But this, this, this touches on what you said earlier. And this is literally every movement that's happened in the last ten years is people going, things are not changing fast enough, and okay. we want it to change now. Okay, well so that's a different remember, story. I mean, that's remember, understandable. The, the the women driving the Me Too movement are the daughters of pissed off women from the seventies, eighties, and 90s. I I can't blame them. What are you What are you supposed to do if you're black? Right. And you and you see these things and you're like, oh, but it's okay. We're trending in the right direction. Yeah. Like, no, you know, no. But we're you made rage. a valiant point. You made a valiant point of listen. This is the system we got, and if you really want change, you better get involved. And 
if you are not going to get involved and you're just going to raise hell, then you're call yourself what you are. You're an anarchist. You're not operating within the framework of our country and you just want to hurt things. You're just lashing out with no outcome. So I think now I think actually, and I'm sorry, the, the answer is not to create your own autonomous zone country within a country that <laughs> is so not cr- going to amount so to anything. Crazy. You know, that's nutty. If every if every person who is devoutly living in an, an autonomous zone went home, put a, a decent collared sh- shirt on and a pair of khaki <laughs> pants and started going to political meetings every month. Dude, let's call the autonomous zone what it is. It's a bunch of hipsters oh, for sure. hanging out, smoking weed, and are like talking like... Drum circle. Hey, man, this is the revolution, Look man. at us, man. Hey, we ran out of chips. Can anyone go <laughs> up, Can anyone go outside of the zone and pick up some more chips, man? You gotta be vegan, though. <laughs> Lordy, Lord. Hey, times, they are a-changing, aren't they? They certainly Oof. are. Hey, but I... I think uh, sometimes I'm, I'm just like anyone. These these times are unsettling, but at the same, I hope I keep hoping there's a better world on the other side of it. And also, truly, is I struggle with even contemplating any of it because it's yeah. So well, we're hard. in it. We're no, in it. But right we're now. white men. Yeah, that's true. It's, it's true. like it's really hard to to understand to be in someone else's shoes right. when I've never walked into a place and. Um, been followed around because they think I'm going to steal something. Like right. that would piss me off if that happened to me. You never so, got jerked out of the car and aggressively and patted I, and down. And I never got. Um, I never went for an interview for a job and had the guy tell me to, you know, yeah, show him my boobs or something to get the job, like <laughs> yeah. or whatever. You know what I mean? I never was in that position, so it's really hard for me to pontificate and right. like, be righteous about it. They would call that the position of privilege. The only. The only thing i can say about any of it is and i'm not a a cop but like my dad was a cop my grandfather was a chief of police in new jersey my my godfather is a cop it's like you know not not all cops are bad for sure not all cops are bad people absolutely and we and we need them we need them them really really bad we need and i just i hate to see all cops lumped together with some piece of trash like that guy who who kneeled on George Floyd's neck because For sure. it's he's not representative. But what of it's going to take, police. what it's going to take is, and this is like, I totally can understand that. Like when you're a policeman, you're in like a brotherhood. Oh, for sure. You are in a brotherhood, right? So it's like, you, you literally feel like you're almost like going to war every day, depending on the, depending on which area you're doing or whatever. You know what I mean? It's like, you're, with these guys you have to trust them just like a soldier but when some guy you look at some guy who's going rogue and he's doing the like you see him and he's like he's you could tell he's like he's not following the protocol he's doing well there's they a need there's to another have a system to go say hey dude this. well that guy should have been out on his ass like but, a but, bunch but of times they don't, but the thing is they don't tell on each other which i get no one wants to be a snitch no but no it, didn't, it doesn't snitch. matter if anybody told on that guy he he was he's like to get caught he got caught clearly a bunch of times doing oh, really horrible this stuff. Oh, the Derek Chauvin guy. Yeah, the Derek Chauvin guy. I mean, he should have he should have been out of the police force a lot of times before that happened. But there's police uni- unions, man. Also, you got to realize he was the senior officer when that happened. Yeah. Those dudes that were with him were rookie guys. They don't even know how they're supposed to 
physically restrain someone. They're brand new. Here's this guy doing this. And he's yeah. the boss. I gotta say, I feel bad for those guys. So I'm caught saying it's in the a, mix. it's a, uh, you know. But what, what, whatever, like what everyone say, says out there is say is that when you see someone killing someone, you have an obligation. Right, but they to don't know he's them. killing him. Yeah, I guess it's right. Or well, maybe they the do. Guy, well, I don't guy, know. Well, the guy was crying well, yeah, out and saying, "You're killing me." Right. Yeah. No. I mean, I guess you you should have. Just such an awful situation. It's just hard man. when you're a, you're a rookie. And and that's your boss, and he's physically. Now let's take this time to say. I mean, if screw, a guy, let's if take you're this a cop, time to say screw that. If guy, you're a man. cop and you're God. in that in that position, and you your boss is kneeling on a guy's neck, yeah. and you run over and tackle your boss, right? You're one definitely hundred percent losing your job. You're you've just you know you've gone to. I'm not saying. Yeah, they, no, no. They I were understand. right it's for the, letting that it's happen. It's the stress. Of I'm the just situation saying there, right. there was, there were a lot, there were Factors a lot involved. of things going on for those guys that prevented them from stopping. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I it's feel just like such they, a, it's just such a, a hard thing. It's a call. man's life. And when he's screaming for, and when he's screaming for his life, that's when you go. I mean, you would Ugh. like to think that any human being it's human witnessing decency, something human like decency. that would, would stop it, right? Right. It's human decency, but they, they call that, you know, I think there was some psychology it's called the bystander effect. Like when there's big groups, the larger the group of people, the more people that could stand by and watch something horrible mm-hmm. happen. It's something, yeah. it's like human psychology is that the it's more, like a herd kind because of we all look at it and go, Hey, you're looking at it. I'm looking at it. So well, it should be all we've right. We've covered <laughs> a lot of <laughs> yeah. controversial issues on this particular episode, which I generally try and steer away from. It's okay. Try hey, and keep it light. It's where it flows. But, uh, Hey, but, Give us some topics, people. Let's throw out uh, if anyone hearing this wants us to talk about a certain thing, uh, uh, comment. Uh, yeah, we have please. A, use we the, have a uh, Facebook use page our now. Facebook page. Let's get some dialogue going. Let's let's use this uh, podcast as a reason to talk about some of these things and work some of this stuff out. So look us, look us up on Facebook, the Aging Millennials Podcast on Facebook. Shout out to a couple of our buddies, Ryan Zussman, Ryan Nolan. Oh, yeah. Appreciate you guys listening for sure. Yep we got we got some we got some listeners growing and yeah um, we're, we're going to start having guests here soon and uh, looking forward to uh, and Tim Tim Kirsch too. We want to talk to you, former yeah. uh, military man. Yeah, let's get Tim. Me and Tim have some good good conversations. All right. So sure. anyway, um. I guess thank you, everyone. This has been uh, another episode of the Aging Millennials Podcast. All right, guys, keep it real, keep it safe, and have fun out there. It's been good to be with you. Thank you for listening to the Aging Millennials Podcast.